Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Uh, This episode of Enough About Me has... Uh, a request from a guy who's been my producer for a while here, uh, as you know, sort of a filling guy, uh, has been producing it every single day. He's doing an excellent job, Mark Moroso, um, and he's going to come on here because I'll, I'll just let him start. He'll he'll go first here. We have a couple of guests lined up today. Uh, you'll hear the conversation. I'll be curious to hear what you think of Mark. I'm still not sure what I think of him yet. Uh, he makes me uncomfortable. Whenever I'm with him, I literally move my body like away from him as far away as possible. I'm as far away in the same room with him as I can be every single time. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about you know what he what he brings to the table. My guess is he's not going to add much. My guess is he's not going to come across as very intelligent or witty, but he's well-meaning. He has a big heart, and like I said, uh, he's exactly like Clyde. He really is, and I, I think he's potty trained. We'll see. Uh, and then we have uh, Riggs on from Barstool, host of Foreplay uh, podcast on Barstool as well. I spent a lot of time with him at the Super Bowl, and I did those shows at Portnoy. Riggs was part of that group. Big, big golf guy. Uh, that podcast is huge. It was number one in sports all last week. Uh, so we're going to talk about my favorite sporting event. Truthfully, the only sporting event I give a shit about anymore. Uh, I care about the NFL, I guess, a little bit in the playoffs. I don't watch the NBA. I don't watch the NHL. I don't watch baseball. I don't care, really. I care about the Masters and golf and football, and that's really it. I don't give a shit about anything else. Good luck with the Red Sox. Good luck watching that nine-hour game in 12-degree weather, you know, for 97 times in a row. It's a fucking year. It's endless to me. Boring, 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 boring. Uh, And Riggs, we talk a little bit about Portnoy, Barstool, uh, the Masters, which is the greatest. If you don't care about golf, whatever, it's two guys bullshitting. I think you'll enjoy it. Moroso was enjoyable as well. I think he did his best uh, here on Enough About Me. All right, uh, we're here on uh, Tuesday. I get Tuesday at twelve thirty. Taping a couple of podcasts this afternoon. Uh, we're looking for a producer again here on the uh, Enough About Me or Kirk Minahan show, whatever it is. Mark Moroso applied last time, interviewed and helped out with the podcast till we hired our previous producer Dave Colonnade. Uh That didn't work out, so uh, Moroso is back in the mix now and came into the office. Uh, Carlson's office, who works for the show, and said something about how if we do a podcast he, with for ten minutes, he said that uh, that that I would. What was the quote? I said I'm. Uh, I can convince you in ten minutes that I should be your producer. If you, you put can me on. convince me in ten minutes, yeah. Yeah, you tweeted me the other day at one twenty one on Monday. I'm gonna a week ago. I'm gonna say this, then leave you alone, which you didn't then do. <laughs> Hiring anyone else for this job but me will be a mistake, and if you put me on your podcast for 10 minutes, I'll prove it to you. K-bye. You do well, a lot of Ks. Well written. And you also do a lot of like the thumbs up emojis and yeah. stuff that I'm not really a big fan of, but okay. that's okay. So here's Mark Moroso, and you have uh, exactly 10 minutes. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So first of all, I'm going to preface this by coming my strongest foot first. I You're am what? my strongest, my strongest foot first. You're putting your strongest foot first. That's right. Not yeah. forward. You're putting it first. I'm putting it first. Okay, good. Go ahead. <laughs> I want to hear this. Go ahead. Um, I'm the funniest guy in the building. You know. You're and funnier than I am. Yeah, yeah, okay. I am. You're, I'm funnier than okay. you. Okay. There's been no evidence of this yet. 
That's okay because I'm quiet around you because I, I don't I don't want my funniness to overshadow hair in your neck. But I got some yeah I'm going out the good luck beard for what for the job that looks hideous. I'm hoping look, I get the job. Look, okay, I'll say I'll shave if you give it me the job. That's, That's not a problem. Yeah, how long? How many days is we that? We can arrange this. Um, this that is, probably, is so gross. It's like a it's like a club. It's like the hair you have between like the, your male like in your breastplate you have yeah. like, on your it's it's disgusting. That's, that's when you got a lot of testosterone. That's kind of what's the okay. results to what you get. This is some of the humor. <laughs> when do you? This, this some, is, we're just getting started. Yeah, getting funny, comfortable. Let me hear it. Uh, all right. Well, you got you look. At, I'm, I'm a reactionary kind of funny. You know, oh, you got to sure. give me. You know, yeah, you got to set me up. Set you up. know how to do this, yeah, right? That's not really your job as a producer. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to set me up and stay out of the way. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but no, you're funny. I mean, there's nothing wrong you. with you. Thank I mean, you. I told you the other day, your podcast, you made me laugh. Right. That's, a, that's a lot of praise. I responded that I don't need that affirmation from you. Just get make sure the fucking sound sounds okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, go ahead. Um, but, you know, side note. Yeah, so I'm, listen, I'm the funniest guy in the building. No that's, question. I mean, you've told me that twice, and I, now I believe you. The first time, like 30 seconds yeah. ago, I didn't believe you. In the subsequent okay, 30 good. seconds, Great. you've been so funny that I don't even think there's a debate. And by the I, way, if you when I, when I leave the building, this building, like, there's so many fucking funny people in here that it's really, like, you're, you're funnier than Dale Arnold, and you're funnier than... You got it. Uh, you know, the salespeople, and you're funnier than Lou the Engineer. I say, you are Carl and Ask then. So you want me to say that I am a funny person okay, in the building. now been two minutes. You have eight <laughs> minutes haven't, left. I haven't you're said anything. percent into your All right, anyways, minutes. okay. Go I'm, I'll get to keep going here. I'll keep cruising through. Right. Not only am I the funniest guy in the building, that's just a side note, sure. but... Side note you've mentioned before. Side yeah. note, but yeah. let's put it this again, way. Yeah. How about I get to... I want to ask you a question. You can ask me whatever you like. All right, great. Would you? What would you give me in his evaluation? Evaluate me to this point as your producer. Well, you're not my producer. As your interim you're guy. Not even that, really. The you're guy who turns a... on your mic. So evaluate okay. me. Um, you are a nice guy. Um, you're simple. Um, I don't think intelligence has been a companion of yours so far in your life. Uh, but you seem to have a good heart, and you're loyal. You're kind of like Clyde, my dog Clyde, in a way. Like you're a dumber, dumber, less funny Clyde with like more hair. Thank I you. Would say. Yeah, that's nice. Actually, you know who the person you remind me most of? No. Actually, my wife. Okay. Yeah, my wife. And it's mostly like in the beginning, I was chasing her, and she'd be like, "No, nah, I'm not interested, but I'll see you tomorrow." And then we'd right. arrange something. We see each other the next day. But this was a uh, one of these ones where you flew over like on the catalog and met her. Correct. She she actually is from a right. third world country. Yeah, so that's, you, that, that is was a fact. that's a. But I thought it was one of those ones you paid to marry her. No, well, the, oh, my, I was my parents, that. my parents arranged oh, for, for well, the payment. Why did you meet this wife? I, I, I can't yours. afford. Why? No, not why. <laughs> how? Um, I was uh, doing a study abroad program in Prague, Czech Republic. Okay. And we sat next to each other on a plane. And she. And she, she. Yeah, that's all it took. Was uh, whatever God, it was, six was hours, six, oh six hours to Jesus. go over on the. I think you can tell by now I'm uncomfortable spending like three minutes with you. <laughs> you know, you like me. <laughs> I think you I, like me. I do like you. I do like you. You're a nice guy. <laughs> But I think you are starting to, like, I think you're a talker, though. I am a talker. Yeah, and I, I am. am not, as you can tell, like, I am not a socially, I'm not really in the conversation. Yeah, I can tell. I yeah. remember, like, one time when you were, during the first process, you get, you, like, asked me if I like Game of Thrones or something. Yeah, dude, you and said no. Like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, why are we, what are you trying to talk to me for? Just, like, I want to almost just say, just fucking yeah. make sure it sounds yeah. okay. Those are called connections. I'm not interested in those. Yeah, you try to make those with people that you want to work with. I understand. So I was trying to initiate that. You gave And remember the Japanese book that I asked you about as well. I remember Another time I tried to connect with you. I remember that was downstairs in the old building. Mm-hmm. I was walking out and you came up to me. You first I I correct me if I'm wrong. You kind of said that you wanted to be a producer of the original podcast as yes, well. Yes, I did. Yep. When Ben had it. That's right. So Good why memory. were you trying to take it when Ben was there? 
No, what, what actually what, the way it went down was Ben had just left, uh-huh. and I got all excited and I and I I waited for you. I stalked you in the parking lot because you have your little post. Uh, you know, production meeting with Jerry. You did. I did, and I waited like 20 minutes for you to come out there, and I ran up to you, and I was like, Kirk, I want to be here. you get the sense that I didn't want to talk to you then? I mean, <laughs> even now, I'm actually I'm actually leaning on the side of the chair yeah. that's like, away from you. Like, but it's because you're trapped, buddy. You said you'd give me 10 minutes, so this is yep. my time as far as that's, I'm concerned. That's, that's keep exactly watching the right. clock. Keep, keep watching it's, the clock. It's like second grade. It's, <laughs> it's, I've never seen a clock go. So, I think it's going backwards now. So, so I've always tried to make I've, I've wanted to be your producer for a long time. I want to work with you forever. If someone came up to me and said, so hey. I. I've been saying that to people yeah. forever. I have. <laughs> hey, yeah, look, you're not so bad either. You're kind is, of funny, Is Mark Moroso Sr. still alive? Mark Moroso Sr., is he still alive? Yes, he is. Is yes. he humiliated with his son's a radio producer? I, I would imagine, but what he, did he, doesn't, do? he doesn't participate What's in my story? career. So uh, I could. Well, how would he participate in your career, Mark? Well, he doesn't say, like, hey, how's your career going, That's not participating son? in your career. That's asking about <laughs> okay, it. He doesn't participating do that. would be, like, he, you know, helping you out. He is a stoic, um, tough, like, he's he owns a construction company. Uh, where is that located? That's in Belmont, Massachusetts. Is that where you grew up? That's where I grew up, okay, yeah. I grew up in Winchester. I know, we're very, very similar. So you went to Belmont High. I did, yes. Belmont High graduate from Belmont who's a radio producer. Yeah. Well done. Okay. Is that a Go waste ahead. of yes. intelligence? Uh, no, there's no intelligence. <laughs> that's it's why a, I'm here. Yes, that's, yeah. I don't think that's, that's the biggest issue. So yes, you recommended a book to me and yeah. you told me this long story and I remember thinking like, I just done the more, I was like, you just fucking, and I could always see, you. I, I see this from the halls back then. There were people who I could tell would want to talk to me and like, that's not a great like, in, your instinct should be, does he want me to, no, and just keep walking. Yeah, but then I never get to talk to you. But I never talk to you anyway, even when you talk to me. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I know. even now, I don't really talk. This is the longest conversation by far we've ever had. So ask yourself, why is this kid banging his head against the wall? What, what, what? I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't even know either. I just because want I'm, it, Because I'm an immensely talented personality, yeah. and I do a good job. I mean, I'm great at what I do, and yeah. you want to be part I'll, of it. Listen, I'll tell you one step further. It's not only that, but you actually have a real voice, and I'm not I'm not fanning your flames and trying to flatter you here. But a lot of places in this mm-hmm. building are just kind of talking. To, you do a good impression of uh, you know of nothing radio. Thank you. And a lot of people around here really aren't talking about anything. It's the same jokes recycled over and over again. I'm aware. And you are actually talking about something. Well, thank you. Mark. And now, although I don't have any intelligence, I'd like to think I have a sprinkle of intellect. And I am attracted uh, to your ability to actually speak about Were you going to uh, release the sprinkle of intellect on, on us? Or no? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm building you're, up. You're, you're, you're but before I go, you, you do have to let me out. You always do the mailbag things, and I always had one question. And I want to preface it by saying don't be insulted by the question, but you do have to let me ask the question. No, I don't. Okay, will you let me ask the question? <laughs> What's it about? You can ask whatever you want. So listen, I've always wanted to ask this, uh-huh. your mailbag. Are you afraid at, at all that in your career – You'll be perceived as like, uh, well, people told me not to say dick or jerk. But Who I'll told you say, that? Yeah, you know, my wife is, oh, don't say that. Don't say dick or jerk. But I didn't say, you're not a dick. You're not a jerk. You're not. You have a I know you. Translator in your, who, like, does she say it to you? Do you speak her language or does she speak English? Uh, she speaks English. Uh, her mother, whom lives with us, does not speak English. Your mother, English. whom lives with us? Yeah, is that correct? Yes. Mr. Exactly Fordham? Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, yes. She lives with you? Your yeah. Mother in law? We, we live in a two bedroom. Myself, my wife, my one year old son, and, and my mother in law. Where is your, where is this look? Where is this? This would be around the corner in Brighton. Your your father-in-law is deceased? No, he's around too. He visits about uh, every other day. Where does he live? He lives in Brookline. They're divorced? Yes, they're divorced, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Do they like each other? They're civil. Okay. Is are they? But they're from. Were they born in America? No, they were born in Albania, and my wife was also born in Albania. So your wife has? Does she speak with an accent? Yes. Okay. Does your mom? Does your mother-in-law? But does she speak English like around the house? Your daughter? They speak. <sighs> what language is that? Albanian. Albanian. Yeah. They. Okay. Speak... You speak Albanian. <sighs> I mostly understand things. What's your son's name? Mark. Mark Moroso the third. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a legacy. I don't know if he's going to be able to, to, to live up to it. It's like being, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra Jr. Yeah. What, what's, that sounds like a horrific dynamic. Dude, it's, it can be tough. But we, we started dude, in a one-bedroom. Dude doesn't help. Oh, okay, dude. Just, I'll give her that. That's right. Emojis, just, dude, bro. I'm, I'm just working telling, on it. I'm just telling on. you. I'm just I'm giving you my... If you want the job, I'm just giving, letting you know. No, I, I appreciate the advice. So, is your mother-in-law, like, uh, 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 super hands-on? Is she pushy? Oh, my God, dude. Are you kidding me? I'm, 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 I, I, you, to, you just told me. All right, I'm focusing. Super hands-on. I cannot do anything properly as far as taking care of my son, cleaning the house, you know, cooking. I'm constantly being corrected. I have someone over my shoulder at all times. And my wife likes to pitch in, too. So What does your wife do for a job? Uh, she's um, an administrator. Okay, so yeah. she's a breadwinner in the. Oh, by she far. She has insurance and all that stuff. Yeah, we live on her. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Any more kids in the, in the future? Yeah, I want one, but I keep telling. Her, I say, babe, if we get the if I get the Minahan job, it's weak because we're married. You know how that goes. If we get the Minahan job, I'm getting you pregnant. Oh, that's what I said. That's going to be the celebration. Yeah, you think so this will be a big paycheck coming. Like, <laughs> I think you're mistaken about the the pay for this job. What do you do? What's your job now? Uh, I'm uh, the assistant producer on the Hillman Morning Show. Okay. Among other sides. So what's wrong with that? Why can't you just do that for a job? It's just the daily news cycle. It's just like you know, a a a teacher harassed a kid in this town, and then you do it again on Thursday, and then you do it again on Monday. And and I've been listen. I've been there for three years, and I've been an assistant for three years. And maybe it sounds like I'm bashing. Who's the producer? Mike. Mike Shue. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm not bashing. I was on that show. show. You were on that show. And that was another time where I said, I'm I'm going to go up to him. I'm going to say, I want to be your producer. And you came and you went, and I didn't say anything, and you probably enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know you were there. But I really wanted to talk oh, I didn't to you know you were there. I don't think I saw you that day. Yeah, I know. I was hiding. I was like, he's not going <clears> to. <throat> okay, so when the, when in these 10 minutes do you start? What, what's their big moment? Like, what's the. So, oh, Dick, what were you saying? The question. I'm sorry. The oh, yeah. Okay, question. so here's my question. Oh, yeah. So, are you afraid that you'll be perceived as a dick or a jerk by so many people in this industry that you'll isolate yourself and in a few years you'll just have no. nowhere to work no, and I have nobody. And there's always a spot for talent. Nobody okay. else. Basically, do nobody you really else. think that, though? Because yes. a lot of people are talented and they don't no, get work. Not. Like, who? Like you know me, who? No, you're not. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but no, like, maybe okay. I am. So, so let but me. Nobody, do it. nobody is as good at this as I am. Right Let's now. reverse nobody. it. Nobody. Let's reverse Mark, it. They're paying me to not be on the radio right now. Yeah, that's true. You I mean, got they, that. they, you they, got that they, you're right. They, they want, they need me in this company because they know I'm the most talented guy in the company. Okay, so let me reverse the question. Do you think talent equals employment in this? It does industry? for me. It does for you. Yeah. But is that the norm? That's not really the norm. But I'm a different level of talent. I'm not saying that, yeah. I'm not being arrogant, but I'm a different level of talent. Yeah, like that's it's a fair. Different, that's fair. You know, I could go and be some shithead midday DJ at some mixed radio station or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I have no interest in doing that. I don't want to. People say all the t- all the time. Don't you want to go back? Don't you want to go back? I people don't believe me. I have no desire to go back. The idea going on today and talking about the Red Sox opening day, I would actually rather jump in front of a train. I really would than talk about the. Red- I am so much happier not doing morning radio in that toxic atmosphere anymore. That's all. And I. And I, and I uh, uh, contributed to the toxicity of it, but now I'm away from it, and I feel better. I actually feel pretty good. I say this all the time, and people are probably sick of me saying this. I'm enjoying this. I get to talk to whoever the hell I want. You're you're part of it. I mean, does anybody bother me? No, right? I, mean, I, do, bo- I, do, I bother I, you. I, I do, you're right, but I do the show. I pick, I book a guest. I have you know we're doing three interview counting you, I guess three interviews today. We'll do a, we'll do a couple more tomorrow. And we'll see where we're at. So you're driving that car into the wall when you're on EI. You're like, I'm getting kicked off. And I know because you talk about no, it on your podcast. Well, you'd say all the time. You went on. Well, you had Greg Hill on, and you said, yeah. "I will be off before you are." Greg. No question. Well, I, at that point, that was. So you didn't was, care. You were no, like, "No, I oh. care." But at that point, the, it was there was no. Right. We were so deep in a bunch of stuff that was we weren't going. It's 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 best for yeah. everyone. It's best for me. 
It's best for the guys in the morning. It's best for everyone. I, I talked to Jerry on the phone the other night. He said to me, I was surprised. Jerry said to me, I actually feel better when you're not when you're not here now. I like the I like the show with me and much better than I like the show with me and you. He said that to me. I was surprised. Kind of well, hurt my feelings, but what are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I it sounds flat out wrong. I, I yeah, mean, well, I mean, it's what he said. And he's, you know, whatever. Abs- absolute fabrication. What do you mean? On his part? Yeah. Yeah, well, he said it. I mean, I'm not lying. He said to me, I like the show with Mutt better than the show with you. It's easier. There's no controversy. We don't have to worry about people like yeah, but listening. He sort of listed all these like reasons, which I, I totally understand. Is he a, a prideful guy like in the sense where he has to be like, I don't even miss you, and I'm fine. Yeah, and, uh, he's, yeah he's sort of like, he's like, oh, I'm glad you're gone. You know, fuck you. All. But that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I, I still love him. I, wish, I love Mutt. I love Jerry and Ken and Chris, and I wish them. Well, have you talked to Ken and Chris about what's it like to work with me every day? Uh, yeah, and no one, no one wants to talk to me about that. What do you mean nobody wants to talk well, to you about I, I'll that? I'll say, uh, you know, I went to, you know, some people, and I said, hey, listen, I, I really want to work with Kirk. Do you have any advice about how to do it? And I'll say, like, I got answers like, well, you know, uh, Kirk's Kirk. And I, uh, Who said yeah, that? Yeah, okay. We don't say people. When you talk to me, you tell everything. All right, everything. fine, fine, I'll tell you. Ken Laird said that to me. He said Kirk's Kirk? He said, oh, Kirk's Kirk. Did you talk to Curtis? I didn't talk to Curtis. What kind of, what, what kind of prep are you doing for this job? Are you going to be interviewed again, you know? You have to interview people again. Are you going to do better than the fucking butcher of a last interview you gave where you were like... Yeah, dude, I'm so ner- I get nervous around you. In the middle you. of that interview, yeah. I, was, I was basically like, I just want this guy out of here. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that works in my favor because you seem to be sort of like attracted to, you know, people that you disagree you with. You kind of look like wanna... Baba Booey a little bit. You have that going for you. Dude, I can do this. What I really want to ask you is, I, no, I can do this. I, I, it's like ridiculous to think that I can't be the best possible producer for you. What is it that you think is going to walk through well, the you door? Did, you did. I mean, you did butcher... Your first real shot at this when I had Stackpole in here live. I mean, you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. Uh, yeah, no, I, but that was off the gate. I, I'm better okay. now. I'm learning. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm just saying. Like, listen, I mean, like, like Belichick says, I'm not an error repeater. I make not? a mistake, and then we don't make it again. We move on. Why'd you have a guy in here today? What was going on? Well, you know, I can't. Sometimes, you know, I studied politics. I didn't study freaking communications. Okay, well, you're a, but you're a radio <laughs> producer. You're a radio producer. No, yeah. So there's settings with these stupid boards, and you got to know which setting to drop. Oh, yeah, I don't work gotta, at yeah, mix. Yeah. Oh, and that's another you're thing. Fucking, but you're the producer here. That's right another thing that works for me. Is if we ever have a problem in this building, everyone, unlike you, is my friend, and I can go say, "Hey." Yeah, it seems important to you that like people like you, which is not a quality I like in a producer. Uh, you can say what you want about Chris. It's important Curtis. that you like me. It's a, you say we're talking <laughs> about Chris Curtis. He didn't care if anybody else hated him as long as I liked him. That was it. He was right. my dog. That's no, I don't important. care. I don't care that, that people no, want to be my talker. friend. I see you out talking to people in the hallway. I hate that. You're a social guy. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You're not going to change. It's who you are. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not angry. What do you want from I'm, me? I don't want you to be angry. But I want you to be focused. 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 Okay. Yeah, but you can't say that I've been unfocused in doing this for you. No, I didn't say that. But you're also, I think. This is what concerns me. We're going to be honest with each other here as you apply. This is basically an audition for the job, right? Yeah. Uh, and I want feedback from people listening. That's fine. You can tech, uh, tweet me or Mark. Uh, can I say my Twitter too? No. Okay. Um, you go ahead. Uh, it's uh, Mark Moroso Jr. That's M-A-R-K-M-O-R-O-S-O-J-R. Thank a, you, Kurt. It's a grabber. <laughs> um, like, you know, I, the other, I think sometimes you're afraid to tell me that you aren't around to do something. Yeah, I well, want to be, be made honest. available to you. Well, just be honest, twenty four seven. Yeah, but it's easier for me if I know when you're actually available. Right, right. But well, I'm I not going to be mad like, at you. Yeah, if I've been pretty like when you text me, you say I, I haven't given you any shit. No, dude. Like, good, good. I, I nope. forgot the dude thing. You, you're um, I I like you, Kirk. You're you're oh, good. That's you're very yeah. No, but what I mean is, you know, people have whatever they have to say about you. When I met you and I've worked with you, 
you've never been mean to me. You've been I, nothing but professional. You've tried to me. hard. I have no problem. Cordial. You get back to me. You don't really show up and go, "Hey, Mark, what's?" That's you don't really gonna, smile. It's not going to. You're not really a smile. It's not going to happen. But <laughs> if you said to me, "Hey, I, you know, uh, Mark the Third has got whatever fucking dentist, or doctor's appointment, or whatever," my wife's, you fucking, I understand. I have family too. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Just tell me that. Okay. I'm not going to be like, fuck this guy, he doesn't care. I can tell you care already. We've established that. So don't worry about that part. I just want honesty. That's all. Honesty for me and a producer is pretty important quality. That's all I'm going to say. You know, without yeah. getting into specifics, it's important to me. Okay. Good. You got a couple minutes. What else you got? This is it. I mean, you've got, I'm going to give you three more minutes. Okay, cool. Can I, I'm going to bang some questions out that I have for you here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I wanted to, do you know my age or do you have a guess? I do. Yes, I do. Oh, how'd you find out my age? Because I know everything about everybody. You're 31. I'm 31. That's correct. Yes. And uh, so I also wanted to know. The sooner you get to, to the point where you realize I know everything, the better yeah. off you. Well, be. why are you why are you balking on why why won't you just make me your producer? What's the problem? What do you mean? What's the problem? Well, what I'm saying is, what do you think is going to walk through the door? Well, I mean, if you were me, wouldn't you at least have? First of all, I think you, you actually, did. I think you actually have to then make the job available. Public again. You're right. You're right. So That's the legal gonna, thing. You're, interview, you're right. I interviewed somebody yesterday, by the way. Okay. Uh, ooh, oh, you look upset. Look at, I, that. I, look at that. Look at that. I don't you want to hear that you shit. You actually got a little red. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Uh, he was excellent. He was really good. Oh, He's like him. not super social. He kind of leaves me alone. Didn't talk to me. Didn't bother me. Didn't He's going to burn you, bro. Didn't recommend books to me. He's going to stab you in the back. About, uh, First chance he gets. You have a real shot at this job. I would say that. I would actually say right now you're the favorite for this job. Because you're loyal and you're stupid, and I can tell I can make fun. I'm of not you. stupid. Okay, you're you're okay. You're really <laughs> smart. It's really. What else? Go ahead. Um. So I. So what's the hold up? And then I said, what What are you waiting? I just for? Told you. I, just I know, told but what are you, you waiting for to walk through the door? I want to know. I don't have what. What is it that I don't have? You say, yeah, but I want this. I want that. All right. I mean, can I ask you what Dave had over me? I, you know, I. Well, I think we were more impressed with not more impressed. I talked to you after the Dave thing. You came in. Yeah, I, I know, but you, you know, you, you, you said you, that you, you you guys clicked. You look like you were about to cry after that. Yeah, I was about to cry for days. <laughs> I was about to cry. You were about let me to cry. let me tell you something. I there was a job open for WAF afternoons for a show. It's okay. still open. I applied for it, and there was this job. Well, why'd you apply for it then? If you want this, because job, I so want to have a second kid. I want to get my wife pregnant. Right. So, um, you know, I was talking to my wife. I thought when this was published or whatever posted, mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, this is a part time job." Kirk does a podcast. It's like four hours a week. I swear, to you, I thought it was part time. So the other one was full time, and I said to my wife, "I said, don't get mad, but between these two jobs, the What's part- your wife's name." Uh, Livia. Livia. No O, just Livia. Um, between the... Why would they be... Oh, Olivia. Olivia, yeah. Okay, go ahead. People screw that up all the time. No, they don't. Go ahead. <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, between... I, I said, listen, between the full-time WAF <sighs> job yeah. and the part-time Kirk gig, mm-hmm. I said, I would rather work with Kirk part-time. She almost chased me out of the house. I almost had to sleep at my mother's house that night. because She was like, what the hell's wrong with you? We need money. Mm-hmm. But... I, that's where I was at, dude. I was like, I don't give a shit. I yeah, want dude. to work with totally, Kirk. Totally. And that's where it's I'm still at. It's a full-time job. This is a full-time this job. This is a full-time job. Bigger, yeah. so. Everyone who's coming in to apply for it, be noted that it is, in fact, a part-time job. What? What? It's not a part-time <laughs> job. It's not a part-time <laughs> job at all. Plenty of people, we, we, I saw the application list the other day. There's about 100 applicants, Mark. Yeah, but people are coming back. Haven't you already seen the, the, a batch? You well, gonna, I already saw you. You're looking to look, look, look at the second batch? Well, the new people, it's been a couple of months. Yeah, new yeah. people have already applied. You just Yeah, so good. I'm number one. I was going to ask you where, do I, you know, where do I lay in the second batch? I'd say you're in the top. Do you know how many opportunities I've gotten because I was second or third pick? I have no shame, bro. I would happily be. What do you mean? In your life, the opportunities to do, like, what have you accomplished in life? Any, 
let's put it this way. Anything I've accomplished, it was never the what first. What have you accomplished? Um, or I have a beautiful son. I understand that. But and a beautiful I'm wife. Saying, wonderful. Professionally, I'm saying. I'm s- professionally, this well, how is. how was your son the second opportunity? What do you mean? Did you, I don't understand. Uh, I don't either. That was else? Weird. That was, a, I guess. No, no, no. Just the one kid. I haven't like heard back. The height of my professional career. Uh-huh. Is right now. I, there's no question. I crawled my way into this room, bro. You said I, you, the bros. I got. You said you're willing to run through walls. Yeah, I first I said into, and I was like, into, nah, fuck yes. that. Go through the wall. So you're gonna run through a wall at some point. Yeah, man. Okay, your, you got one minute. Go ahead. Last, let me hear the pitch. You got 40 seconds before we make this call. All right, all right. Just listen up, America. I, I'm the funniest guy at Intercom. You there's a chance that you said I'm the funniest funny. guy in Boston. You said nothing funny in these 20 minutes. Kirk and nothing. I obviously have a beautiful dynamic with each other. There's real chemistry here. And whoever's listening, give Kirk the feedback on Twitter mm-hmm. that I should be the producer because you're not your you know perfect ten prom date is not walking through the door, Kirk. Okay. What are you then? I'm I'm like the six. I'm the seven who can cook. Okay. okay. Yes. I'm the seven who can cook, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's all I'm asking Definitely for. Definitely eat. <laughs> <laughs> no question about that. <laughs> but listen, whatever happens. Oh sure, yeah, no, you're right, right. Whatever happens, uh-huh. I have truly enjoyed the time I've spent working uh, so with you. So have I. I've enjoyed this as well. It has been a real experience. I've said you're part of the family now. Deep down, I know deep down in your core, you want to invite me over to hang out on a weekend. God, there's no, that will never, ever, 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 ever happen. <clears throat> in the ever. next, in the next don't, year. Don't be one of these people. I've, I've dealt with these people. Don't think we're, if you work with me, we're going to become friends. In the next they, year, we will sit down to lunch together. If you work At a with restaurant. Me, we'll, where would you like to eat? What do you think, what do you picture us eating, Mark, in your mind when you, when you put uh, this fantasy Pho, do you like pho? No. Have you had it? No, I like sandwiches. <laughs> I don't like. I, you know I, what? I eat fast. Kirk, for you, I'll eat a sandwich. All right, I'm gonna go do this podcast <laughs> now. Mark Moroso Jr. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Moroso Jr. Is that right? Yes, thank Mark you. Mark Moroso, Mark Moroso Jr. at Mark Moroso Jr. on Twitter. Send him some feedback. Me as well. That's the first uh, interview. We'll probably interview what here? 10, 12 producer candidates. Mark, is that a good idea? Uh, People no. get to know them. Once America hears this, you think it's over? It's a wrap, baby. All right. All right, I got uh, Riggs from uh, Barstool here. He's going to do a quick Masters preview with me, first of all. The last time we were together is the only time we've ever been together uh, in Atlanta. I want your uh, – I, I, the Barstool radio experience for me still remains – when people ask me about it, I'm still not sure what the fuck went on. I don't, like, I don't know what's going on half the time. Yeah, man, uh, look, I agree. It's, uh, it's pretty chaotic up there. It's we were doing the live – yeah, well, we're doing the live thing, too, so there's, like, a live audience. Sometimes we're playing off the audience. You and I, I feel like, we really bonded over, like, chirping some guys in the audience who were pretty much involved to just kind of, like, uh, you know, it's suck true. Dave's dick the whole time. So <laughs> there's a lot of really... that. But you have, you have, like, you have the hardest role of all, like, because uh, Portnoy has the worst ADHD in history, and you, you are essentially kind of the host of that, and, like, it's, like, sometimes yeah, I could tell you just, like, fuck, like, fuck it, I don't even care. Like, what, do whatever the fuck you want, I give up. That's pretty much it. I mean, most of the time, look, Dave's Dave. He's going to run. He's going to kind of run. Half the time, like, I'll introduce a topic, and he goes, this is going to be a little bit off topic, and then he just talks about whatever the hell else he wants to talk about. So it's, it, you could argue that it's the easiest job in the world because no matter what I say, Dave's just going to talk about what he wants to talk about. Yeah, I had a weird, like, I enjoyed it. I had a really good time. I liked you. I like Tommy. Obviously, I like Dave. And, like, you know, the guests are, some of the guests suck. Some of the guests are good. So, like, you're, I know you're super guest-reliant that week. Like it, I, I felt like on my end, I'm so used to being sort of the, the alpha, or whatever. On like the show that I'm in, it was weird to be, like in somebody else's world. If that makes any sense, like I was trying to figure out what I was supposed to do half the time. Yeah, it's I, 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 
I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, I feel like you're kind of a Mike One kind of guy. Right. And then all of a sudden you're on there and it's like you're Mike Two or Three. And when you're up there with Dave, especially in front of Dave's crowd, it could be kind of weird. But I, eventually I could tell, Kirk, you kind of evolved into like, I'm just going to chirp everything that's going on here and kind of make right. fun of the whole thing. Right. I think that's the, that's the perfect spot to live. I can never figure out, like, you know, so I, I obviously I know who you are. We, we didn't really know each other and we talked for a while. Like, what is your, how did you wind up at, at, at Barstool? So I, uh, I look. I started reading Barstool probably in two thousand eight. Where, where are you from? From St. Louis originally. Right, right, I, right. Uh, I originally. I mean, I was a big hockey guy growing up. I became really good family friends. Just to give my quick story, really good family right. friends with Jack O'Callaghan, who yep. was on the nineteen eighty Miracle on Ice team. He married one of my mom's sorority sisters. We were a huge hockey family growing up, but hockey kind of sucked in St. Louis at the time. Right. So he always said, like, man, you got to apply. I did pretty well in school, so you got to apply to all these New England prep schools. I just thought that was for, like, kids who were in trouble, that they got to send away to, like, boarding school. It's happened to me, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> up, yeah. I applied to a bunch of them. I got into one. Where was that? I went to Choate. Choate, okay. I went to Choate. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, I got recruited and ended up playing hockey at Harvard. I lasted, like a year before I got kicked out for a year because my grades were so bad. Ended up getting my shit together, played hockey for a couple more years, ended up graduating from Harvard and while I was there. I was a huge fan. I became a huge fan of uh, of Dave. I worked a sales gig for several years after school. Once Barstool got bought out, it became a little bit more of a serious company. I kind of had been running my own blog. I emailed Dave a bunch of times, a bunch of links. He eventually responded. And next thing you know, I was kind of writing for Barstool. We started the golf podcast about two years ago. It's grown ever since, and now a big part of my job is, is talking golf. Do you uh, enjoy having Portnoy as a boss? Yeah, I do. I, Dave and I get along pretty well. I don't, I don't know that everybody can say that, but for whatever reason, whether it's our sense of humor kind of lineup, uh, it's good. Dave's also, like, he's very different as a boss than he is as kind of a, a buddy. He can be a hard-ass of a boss, but... You kind of just deal with it and accept it, and I think most people on the planet consider that they have, like, uh, a dickhead as a boss sometimes, so that's not really a problem. Uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, we get to do really cool stuff. We get to, I get to talk golf during the day. When we do radio, I do three hours of radio a day. We can pretty much say whatever the hell we want. We're trying to make people laugh. When we go to certain places, if I go to a golf tournament, people know who I am. People invite me out to play golf courses, and none of that would exist if Barstool didn't exist. So there's obviously positives and negatives to every gig, but at the end of the day, Dave and I get along really well. I've been reading his stuff and following his videos since, like I said, 2008, 2009. So having him as a boss can, you know, overall it's a pretty damn cool thing. It seems to me, maybe I'm wrong, there are people, Portnoy's one of them, I'm one of them, I'm not obviously a barstool, but I consider myself not part of the family, but sort of, you know, where we're, we have the same sensibility. KFC seems yeah. to be more like this, who are kind of like, you know, the fuck dead spin. Fuck this guy. Fuck that. You don't strike me. Maybe I'm wrong. Is that kind of guy? It seems like you stay out of the mudslinging, or is that not right? No, I think that's that's pretty accurate. I think too, like for the most part, the guys that do a lot of the mudslinging at Barstool have been here the longest, right? So they've kind of got deeper gripes and deeper grudges, and have been kind of in the trenches for a longer period of time. And they were kind of in the trenches when Barstool was three or four guys kind of slinging mud across the internet and really using any fight that they could to sort of elevate Barstool's, you know, kind of footprint and kind of defend what Barstool stood for. Um, we, we definitely probably get more hit pieces about us now, but I've always been a kind of guy that if Deadspin writes a negative piece on us, like, 
I don't understand why we even care. Like, who gives a shit? They can write whatever they want, but we're not reading it. And whenever we go out anywhere in the world, I mean, we just came back from Minneapolis. We got a packed bar when we go to the Final Four. You know, every person we see is like, hey, man, love you guys' work. Love what you do. You guys make me laugh every day when I'm in my fucking cube of misery and I get to listen to two or three hours of your guys' podcast. It's hilarious. You guys keep it real. So, like, outside of the kind of echo chamber internet where people are bitching about everything that happens, everything that moves, I just don't really care because in the real world, most people don't care about that. And if you're not a fan of us and you're more of a big fan of, like, Deadspin or something, like, good for you. You can absolutely go consume that stuff. We don't really care. We're very successful at what we do. They're not as successful, but good for them. Like, they can do their own thing. So, for me, I just kind of, for the most part, man, I like to stay in my own lane, cover the stuff I like to cover. We try to make people laugh. There's going to be times where you got to defend yourself, and I'm all for that. But for the most part, I'm pretty happy doing what, you know, kind of doing our own thing. You know, for me, what was interesting is spending that week with you guys and talking to Portnoy a little bit and paying attention more. Like, I was so wrapped in the day-in, day-out, like, host your own radio show bubble for, you know, five, six years, where it was my whole life. And I did a podcast on the side and was into it, but it didn't matter as much. And I thought if, you know, if I get the radio show taken away from you, if I leave, I'm going to lose relevance or people are going to care less. And spending that week, and obviously Barstool's a different animal, but now doing this all the time and getting the feedback I get on it, like, I sort of had this realization, well, it's 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 different. It's a different audience. It's a different group. But I find like the loyalty from people who listen to podcasts is is in a way greater than radio because it's just a way more intimate experience. You listen to it at work. I listen to it on runs. You listen to it when you're lying around. Like I don't know. The connection to it is to me even different than doing a radio show. Yeah, I agree with that. I think too a lot of it like radio, like you said, it's kind of appointment. You catch it if you can. A lot of times people catch a portion of the show. Or they listen to it when they're when they're driving. They're right, you never listen. Right, you never listen to a portion of a podcast if you like. You listen to the whole thing. Exactly, and right. you seek it out, right? Like you got to go through a couple steps. You got to subscribe yeah. to it. You got to know, like every Tuesday or every Thursday, my boys they put out the podcast, and I, it kind of gives more of a like when you're listening, you feel like you're in the room with those guys or those gals or whoever's doing the show. So it definitely does. It gets like. You get a very loyal fan base. You get people who are into the segments. They understand how every show starts, where it climaxes, where it ends, and they kind of it becomes part of their daily routine, weekly routine, whatever it is. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different audience than doing radio, which which is awesome. I think it's great. I think podcasts are fucking awesome. Yeah, four four play uh, podcasts, obviously, which is huge, huge golf podcast. I listen to your golf podcast. I listen to No Laying Up podcast as well. I don't know if you listen to that or not. Am I, yep. Is that a competitor? Are you okay? Am I okay? Am I allowed to say that? That's okay? No, I would say we're probably natural competitors. I think right. our shows are, if you listen to they're, both of me, you know our shows are very different. They're way, way, um, way, way, way different. Way different. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're both, right? We're both like young crew. I think they're very good at what they do. I think we're very good at what we do. But I, I do think like there's probably, people ask me that a pretty good amount. I would just say there's probably just a natural competitiveness because of the demographics right. and whatnot. And right. I've, I've run into those guys a couple times, introduced myself, said hi. Um, and all that, but outside of that, we don't really, right we or? don't really cross. Uh, no, they're all right. There's the one guy, uh, Tron, used to chirp me pretty hard on Twitter, and then he showed up to a barstool event, and we kind of went back and forth and hashed it out. Ended up having a couple beers together, and ever since then, um, we've been totally cool. We mix it up a little bit with a couple of their guys here and there on Twitter. But again, I think probably for the most part, just being you know natural competitors, whatever you want to call it, I think we kind of away from each other, but you know what, Riggs? They've never been number one on fucking iTunes, have they? So fuck them. You have. Look, we fuck them. Just say it. A, just say it. Fuck them. Fuck them. We've had a big week. Huge week. Four play brand. 
We had a huge fucking week. We don't really need to go after anybody else right now. Oh, you, oh, you don't, oh, you don't punch down. You don't punch. I like that. You don't punch down. I'm just, I'm just talking about I the do. week that oh, we yeah. had. It's Masters week. I'm looking forward, but the yes. Jake Owen thing, man. You were, you were kind of messaged me a little bit about the Jake Owen thing. It's really funny because wild. You know, you, you get, dude. You get these, you get these big names in the golf world when you're a golf podcast, right? Like we had Justin Thomas on. We've been ragging on his ass for a year. We've been calling him right. soft as shit. We've been calling him like a little bit of a pussy out there. He comes off like a baby. He does. And he to- and he, and he, and he totally does. Yeah. We thought, which he does, and we thought that was going to be crazy numbers. We had Bryson DeChambeau on. We thought that was going to be crazy. We, I mean, we even did like a three-minute interview with Tiger. We had Bubba Watson on, who's kind of got that same thing. That's right. You talked to, you talked to Bubba bit. right when that Super Bowl week we, we, we were talking about that, right? Yep. Yes, yeah, I was yeah, there yeah. Monday of that right, week and like right. played golf with them. And like you get all these big guys in the golf world, you think like that's really going to elevate us. And then we have Jake fucking Owen walk in. Country music star. A lot of people, unless you're in the country, don't even know who he I is. Saw, I saw you gonna. Have, I saw you gonna have Jake Owen on, and I was like, well, all right. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm, I guess I'll listen to it, but I don't really. I was like, I'll probably bail out halfway through. Yeah, and I was I mean, wrong. I and, and, about and, the interview, right? And I mean, forget like the, you know, we can get, uh, like, you know, you had the crazy uh, uh, Spieth Mickelson story, which went viral, and you know, has over a million views. I saw on, on the on your pin tweet, and it was crazy. But like, take that, take that one away, and it's actually still a really good interview. It was incredible. Yeah, like, he was good. Said, like, he was good. You, you were like, dude, I'm going to bail out halfway through this. I said that to our booking girl. I was right. like, because pretty much every guest we've gotten in golf, like I've gotten myself. We get golfers, right? Like right. you just become entrenched in that world. You kind of network with agents and players, and like that's, that's the life that you live. You're trying to get guests. So I was thinking, I even told our booker, I was like, yeah, I know he's scheduled for 30 minutes, but I'm planning on doing maybe like 15 10, 12, minutes. Right, yeah. You know, he's played in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am with Spieth. Maybe he'll have a cool tale from that. Like he played in a web.com tour event. He kind of chirped the guy in the middle of the event while he was playing on Twitter. Like, whatever. Dude, he sat down and he was just an open book. Like, you can tell he came in with a loaded gun, safety off. He said right before, he's like, man, I love Barstool. I love what you guys do. I love that you can just say whatever you want. Man, we turned on the microphone and like we almost didn't even have to ask him any questions. He just started firing from the hip. We were like, "Holy shit!" Well, and you're right, man. Like the Wayne Gretzky story, right. the Sergio, Sergio, Garcia yeah, story. exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, the, he was awesome. And you guys do have like you know, there's a sort, and I used to see it with Stern when when he would do this back in the day. Like you guys do have this sort of advantage that listen, Barstool was earned. Where I think some people, some people don't know. Like you know, we talked to Herschel Walker. He had no fucking idea what was going on. But like, <laughs> no, no, nothing, no nothing against him. But like, he doesn't. You know, no fucking barstool from a hole in the wall. But there are some people right. who go over there and they're like, you know, I mean, I know I feel this way when you get there. Like, you know, I got to dance for these fucking guys. Like, I'm, you know, if I'm going to be on barstool, it's a different audience. It's a different crowd. They like, you know, if somebody else has Jake Owen. Uh, about that wedding, you know, some random fucking golf blog or whatever, he may not give that answer. It's true. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, you do this a lot, too. You get you get good stuff out of people because you make them feel comfortable. You make them feel more like they're just kind of shooting the shit with their buddies at, at a bar or right. over a cocktail, nightcap type of situation. And so that, that's huge. I mean, another credit to kind of Dave and Big Cat and KFC and those guys that have built Barstool to get the reputation that it's had where some people walk in or they call in, and they're willing to just talk about stuff in a, in a way that otherwise they just never, ever do. And even, I mean, we get we get tons of people responding to that tweet about Jay Gowen who are just hardcore country fans right, who are like, right, right, right. i got to listen to this podcast now because I kind of like golf too. And if they're getting, like, my guy Jay Gowen to talk about this kind of stuff, which I've never heard before, they must be able to do this with a lot of different people. So it is, it's funny you get people, like, people can't just all be these buttoned-up stiffs 
that give like stock answers in interviews. You can't. That can't be a real fucking person. They can't all be robots. <laughs> right, right. And so I think that if, if you kind of do it Stern or it's Barstool or it's Kirk Manahan, like when you're when you're able to get people in that environment and open them up, it's amazing how many stories. Like that story of of Jake Owen going up to Phil Mickelson at Jordan Spieth's wedding. That would have never been told if it weren't for right, something like that. Right. 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 So it's 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 cool. It's funny how it works, and it's. Dude, you just never know what you're going to get out of people. Like, you never know. I would have never guessed Jake Owen. Uh, all right, so I'll, I will be, by the way, strutting around the Augusta National uh, Golf Course on Friday, uh, making my way around the, you, uh, son of a bitch. The, the heavenly grounds for my second straight year. I'll be following my guy Fred Couples around, by the way. He tees off at 12. Oh, Freddie Boom Boom. He tees off at 12.10 that day, 59 years old. I have, I'm betting on him to make the cut. Uh, so I'm going to uh, – I'll ask you – first of all, Simple one. Uh, I'm picking Justin Rose to win. Who are you picking? Look, Rose, uh, about two months ago on the podcast, I just came out and said I'm picking Justin Rose to win as well. Oh, geez, He had just an incredible run. Now, that's changed a little bit. He hasn't played, and played great. as well lately. But if you look, I mean, Justin Rose, he's the number one ranked player in the world. His last four Masters finishes great. tied for second, tied for 10th, second, tied for 12th. He should have won that Masters in 2017. Where Sergio oh, got Sergio like he was doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was such a that was his. Sergio collapse. Right. He's in the he's in the trees on the right on ten. He's in the trees on the left on thirteen. 13 he somehow yep. makes par, and then all of a sudden goes crazy and eagles fifteen, and somehow wins in a playoff like he should have won there. So I think Justin Rose, you know, he's a great pick. I, one guy that I'm crazy about that I just I feel like nobody's even mentioned his name is Brooks Kepka. I mean, the guy's won. Three of the last six majors that he's he, played in. Because Kepka, has got a weird thing where he's lost a lot of weight. He's like he's, he's it's, something's going on with him. Something's not right. He's lost like twenty five pounds. Did you see that? Yeah, he always it, 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 it always feels like he's kind of going through something. He always he does carry kind of that chip on his shoulder about how he never gets like the the media love. Yeah, stop bitching. Don't, you know, what? don't don't be a fucking bore. Then that'd be my advice to you. Don't be a big bore. I agree. You know, I couldn't agree. Read a, read a book too. Fuck it. Yeah, read a be be interesting. Watch a fucking documentary <laughs> or something. What do you think? Do you think, think Brooke Kepka's ever read a book in his life? Well, of course, the, of course, weird, the, of course, the, of course neither, all of a neither is your boss, by the way, who told me in the podcast that if if books were invented after television, no one would ever read a book before. So he may be right. But, yeah. <laughs> he also, I mean, credit to Dave that he tweeted out on Thursday last week that he he thought Minnesota was the most underrated city in the country. Well, he's right. The people. Well, does anybody ever say Minnesota's a great city? No. So it's an underrated <laughs> city. That's that's good. that's an excellent point. But you're yeah. right. Kepka's. What's funny is Kepka's tried to be a little more controversial, but I. You know, you know, it'd be funny if he rolls in and wins this fucking Masters, and he has four Brooks Brooks Kepka has four majors. Uh, if he won this, be, <laughs> I mean, it'd be outrageous. Like if he all of a sudden entered that realm of guys who were if that like Rory, Speed, Phil Mickelson group who <laughs> right. are all of a sudden right. uh, knocking down the door to doing the career. Grand he has how many? How many? And he has how many tour wins? Like six or something? He's got he's got five. Five. He's got three majors and right, two three, majors. Right. It's crazy town. So you like him? Okay. Uh, trying to think. Um, I'm, I'm thinking. We'll get to the obvious guys in a second. But if I'm, I'm looking okay. at the guys with the Masters for me, it's always guys who play well there. Casey, who's playing well this year, has played well there before. A guy like Leishman, yep. Mark Leishman. I could totally see Mark Leishman on the leaderboard on Sunday. It's going to be guys like that's the beauty of the Masters is like you know there's going to be two or three of those guys. Like I joke around about Fred Couples because I've loved him forever. Would I be totally knocked over, shocked if Fred Couples was like four shots out of the lead on Saturday morning? I really wouldn't. Not at all. Augusta's like, crazy. If we're talking, like, if you're trying to talk about, okay, 
You're out there. You're doing a master's pool. Yeah, getting kind of the second half. Yeah, of give me like give me like give me like the C and D players. Yeah, if you're trying to find a guy who's like not going to kill you, who will make the cut, get you a couple points. We always talk the internet. Like golf Twitter likes to talk about Charlie Hoffman's always leading the Masters after, after first Thursday. round. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. He's out there with, like, his green glove. Yeah, green hat. He shoots, like, 66, and then shoots 75. Exactly. Every time. Uh, So I think he'll get you kind of some sneaky points. We're huge Kevin Kisner guys now. Yeah, so what's the Barstool-Kisner relationship? Phenomenal. Kiz is our guy that we're closest to on the PGA Tour. The reason for that is because Kiz, when you watch him play golf, is the most boring guy on tour. He is. He's just the most cookie-cutter, like, white like professional golf joyless from you know right like Aiken South Carolina just looks like the most cookie cutter guy out there and then like two years ago one of his buddies from Aiken just kept messaging us was like dude you have to have kids on the show he's a really good dude like all right we had him on the show he's laugh out loud funny he's like kind of a southern like hillbilly makes fun of himself uh yet at the same time he's one of the best players on the planet I mean I think at the time that we interviewed him he was Probably number ranked number eighteen in the world or something. He just won two weeks ago down in Austin. He won the biggest event of his career. He's from Aiken, which is about a half hour away from Augusta, so he's played there a bunch. He draws the golf ball. Uh, he does play. He doesn't have like a high ball flight. He kind of plays a little bit of a low draw. Uh, so if Augusta's playing a little tougher, I like his. But he's also one of the most consistent guys in tour. I mean, we had a long running joke for about two months on the show that Kisner finished T twenty something. Like six starts in a row. It was like T27, T25, T23, T22, T25. Um, So, again, if you're kind of looking for somebody, I think he's 60 to 1 to win the Masters. Uh, He putts, lights out. Everybody talks about Augusta's greens. He's a phenomenal putter. He drives the ball very consistently. And at Augusta, with the way that that course works, the way that you have to draw the ball, if you think about the second hole, you think about the ninth hole, the tenth hole, you think about the thirteenth hole, you think about uh, all the different tee shots that you have to hit where you have to draw the ball. Kisner draws the ball, putts lights out. He's sixty to one, so I think he's another good value guy. You know what's it's what's a, a guy who I, I I like. I root for him. He's one of the one of these young guys I root for. But I've been worried about for a couple of years is Spieth, who like has a little bit, a little whiff, a little whiff of Ian Baker, Finch, and David Duvall, just a little bit, because I think <laughs> I, now I'm telling you, two years from now we could be we could be previewing this. He could be ranked uh, second in the world, or he could be ranked 192nd in the world. Neither. Were, I'm serious. I know. You know. Last week he he had a shitty front nine on Saturday, then went crazy in the back nine. But he seems so jittery to me at times, and so mental that I feel like he's on the verge of you know fucking losing his mind. That being said, if he won this weekend, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I'm actually sort of concerned about Spieth's you know early midlife golf crisis here. And all it does, also by the way. When you see, like, you know, McElroy uh, a year had sort of a rough year before he got going again. Uh, you know, you see, like, you know, you haven't heard from Justin Thomas that much in the way. Uh, what Speed's going through right now, all it does is illustrate, by the way, how fucking insane Tiger's run was in his prime. How it's just, you know, it's it's mind-boggling. But anyway, that's a, lot, that's a, that's a long way of saying uh, Speed to me, like, I know he has a record that's almost unmatched with Augusta. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go near Speed this week. I wouldn't. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like, I kept... I kept sitting there. I wanted him to play worse and worse and worse leading up to the Masters so that hopefully his odds would be terrible and I could get him at a good bet. Yeah, they haven't changed For whatever much. reason. And he's just not he's not as he's not as high as he should be. You know, right. he's like he's almost like a seventeen to one guy or something like that to win the Masters. I mean I'm looking right now at he's he's finished T thirty, T twenty four, cut, 
tied for 54th, tied for 51st. Like, that's what he's done this year. Jesus. He's done nothing well. He didn't make the tour championship last year. Right. So everybody's thinking, like, Spieth, no chance. Yet he just always shows up at Augusta. Even last year when he, he wasn't playing that well. Yeah, it's a, if it's a good drive on 18, maybe he wins it last year. Yeah, so he, you know, he's one of those guys that I, I wish, like, I feel like his, his odds should be worse and that I would take him. But he wouldn't be surprised if he missed the cut and we didn't see him contend in a golf tournament for another year. And it wouldn't surprise me if he won the Masters and went on to compete in every event for the rest of the year. It's really bizarre. A lot of people love the harp on the fact that in 2015 when he had his crazy run where he won two majors, he could have won the other two, uh, that he was just making between like 15 and 30 feet out. He was making putts that nobody on the planet should make. Right, and once that went away... He's all of a sudden not the same golfer. But he was also a phenomenal iron player in that period. And when you're a phenomenal iron player and you putt really well, it doesn't really matter that much where you drive the golf ball, even though he's been kind of a shitty driver of the golf ball. Um, so, you know, he's a guy, he's unpredictable. Bottom line, like, he's unpredictable. And it does give just an insane uh, amount of, like, wowness to what Tiger did because he was just always in the mix, always winning, ma- always winning major championships. Which good player, like, for me last year, the player I didn't, want to see win one like I just don't I don't like Reed I just think he I, I enjoy the attitude and all that stuff but I just think he's a fucking asshole stuff with his yeah. parents I can't stand all that shit um okay. like like who's the who's the really good player who you like root against like if it's close who's a guy who's a top 10 top 15 player you're like I don't want to see this guy win this thing it'll ruin the yeah you know, the Masters for me love- is like the Masters for me is the most important sports week of the year nothing's even close unless it's a Ryder Cup year and I hate fucking hate when like a, a you know a Trevor Inman wins or a Zach Johnson or a fucking you know uh, last year like you know I don't want the guys like that ruining my fucking Masters week. Yeah, I I agree. We've gotten it feels like we've gotten too many of those recently. We had like Charles Schwartzel who's boring. That was boring. We had Danny Willett who's boring. boring. Patrick Reed who a lot of people don't like. Right. Zach I mean at least he's not Trevor boring. Owen. I mean at least you had Fowler and Speed. Like last year was a good Masters. I mean the last two years yeah. have been good. The Sergio Rose one was fucking incredible. That was a great Masters. Uh, yeah. what was the, the, so, you're right, the Willow one kind of sucked, but go ahead. My guy is uh, John Rahm. I want to see John Rahm <laughs> in the mix. I want to see him right there on the back side of the Augusta. Exactly. Yes. I want to see that fucking guy implode. <laughs> I want to see him yelling like curse words in Spanish. I need that, just like we got at the players. We got a little taste of it last year at the Masters. Mm-hmm. So the more that John Rahm Yeah, he played well that, last year, right. He played well. He's in the mix. I mean, he's still a really young guy. He has proven that he can win on tour, but he's also proven in some of these big events that kind of lose his mind. He's a hothead and all that. So if he can blow up, I always root against the Euros for the most part, too. Obviously, like, U.S. Ryder Cup guy. So the more that he can kind of implode, the better. You know I actually like now? I like more than I did, like, a year ago because I never really had an opinion of him. I actually like Kucher now because he's, like, a fucking asshole. Like, I'm, like, I sort of, like, admire his assholeness now. Like, you know, the thing with the caddy was a total dick move. And this thing with Sergio, that was all Kucher's fault at that match play. Like, you just say, you know what? I gave it to you. Like, the, like what? That was total bullshit. Yeah, it, it that was it bullshit. Was a, you play um, golf. I mean, it was very I mean, easily on. an avoidable thing. Like he could have very easily just said, uh, "Yeah, he said, uh, oh I, yeah, you didn't hear me." Right. Like I gave it to you. Then you're done. Exactly. You, that, why? why I mean, any other. No, go ahead. Any golfer would have done that. So it was. It was, it was like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, totally. it's easy to paint Sergio as like in the wrong, and and sure, he shouldn't have done that. But also. Cooch, like, you know what you're doing, dude. He absolutely knew what he was doing. I still don't root for Cooch. I think he's boring. I think the fact that he's kind of, like, uh, under the surface. Well, he's like, he's like, he's like Don guy, Johnson. Kind of in, 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 I don't like that. I think he's Don Johnson like, Tin Cup. Like, I think he's just, like, a dick who, like, plays his character on TV. And now, in 2019, with Twitter and video, like, 
you know, you've seen all the pros who have gone out and basically said, no, this guy's an asshole. Like, he's a total fucking fraud. I agree. I, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the guy. I, uh, I, you know, I get that you, you know, you're kind of like, oh, he's not just some boring, like, smiling all the time, cooch guy, so he's maybe a little bit more interesting. You're saying but you I still think he's an him. asshole, and yeah. I'm not rooting for him because he's an asshole. Oh, let's get to, let's get to the... The two, well, what's before uh, Mickelson? Any chance or no? He's done nothing since Pebble Beach. I don't think so. I mean, he's you know he's a lefty. Lefties have done well here historically well, done, ever yeah. since Mike Weir broke through. His record um, is incredible. So I, yeah, I wouldn't say that he's got no chance, but also, I mean, out of kind of the the crew of older guys who we'd love to see kind of contend and have a little bit of a throwback, I don't think that that Phil Mickelson's going to be that guy. And, I mean, I don't think that I'm even really rooting for it. I'd like to see Phil contend at Pebble. I wouldn't like to see him really contend at Augusta. I don't th- I'm not that into that. Rory. I don't know how you bet against Rory right now. The guy. He seems like the favorite. Uh, he's, he's a favorite, and he should be. He's, he's finished incredibly high at Augusta for the last several years. He's finished incredibly high in every tournament that he started this year on the PGA Tour, including a huge win at the Players' Championship. So, Rory, I mean, if you really – like we talked to a couple of like sleepers or guys that aren't necessarily at the top of the list. Rory is at the top of the list and he should be. He's just got no real flaws outside of the fact that he goes through stretches where he can't really make many putts. Uh, but he hits the ball so goddamn consistently. He likes to hit that high draw. He's probably the best driver of the golf ball that's ever existed. So I don't really know how you root or I don't know how you pull and like bet against Rory this week. The only, no, obviously the, the, the biggest story by far is, is if Tiger can be – he played last year, didn't play great there, his, hasn't, which is crazy. Tiger Woods hasn't won the Masters in 14 years. But he, but he comes in here playing well, you know, playing better and better. He's got a real chance to win this. He does. I mean, if you look, uh, he's a 12th-ranked player in the world, I believe. Sergio Garcia, when he won in 2017, was the number 12-ranked player in the world. Um, so I, I don't really He just see, feels like, close, too, though. He just feels like he's close. I don't know. He feels like he's close. I mean, he won, obviously, the, the he's won a golf tournament on the PGA Tour for the first time in, like, almost whatever it was, four or five years. He's won a golf tournament on the PGA Tour since the last major championship that they played. Um, it's not like he's, he's, he's not playing as well this year um, as, you know, you would expect after he won that golf tournament. But, look, the guy's won there four times. He's the number 12-ranked player in the world, so it's not like he's playing terrible. And if he just gets himself in the mix – Late, you gotta think he's got a chance. He's Tiger fucking Woods. It is crazy that he hasn't won a major since he was 32 years old. It's wild, shocking. It's wild. Um, it's a, it's an unreal stat to think about. But look, he's Tiger Woods, man. If he just he's got to get off to a good start. If he comes out and he shoots like 73 on Thursday, and we have to do another one of these things where Tiger like barely makes the cut right. and he tees off at 9 a.m. on Saturday, I hate that. Yeah, no, you need you know you need Tiger like 70, 69, 70, 60, something where he's like you know two or three shots out of lead in the weekend. And then it's I mean like I, I we say this I feel like we say this every year, but between Rory going for the Grand Slam and Spieth and all his shit, and Tiger and Mickelson and friggin' you know you list the I feel like there's many storylines and and I love the Masters so much it doesn't matter anyway. But there's so many storylines I feel like this, this weekend is going to be fucking incredible. Like CBS. Uh, and obviously, they, it's 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 the best sporting event. First of all, the course looks great on television. The announcers are great. They're totally friggin' deep ball. The Masters has them all by the nuts. <laughs> and it's 59 minutes of live fucking television. And by the way, the Masters fucking app 
and the website is better than any in sports. They do every – as my second straight year going there, they do – when you go there, it's perfect. They do everything right. Everything – even that I, – I was transfixed watching a fucking women's amateur last weekend. Dude, it's incredible how clean they are with everything. It's and like you said, the fact that like we've got all these other sports who are – you know, they've got, they've got leagues that go six, eight, nine months long. They're the entire year. Then they got drafts and all this. The Masters is like basically four days of the year. And their app, their website, it's incredible. blows everything else out of the water. It's legitimately not even close. They're streaming on their website. Like the fact that you perfect. can watch pretty much any hole, it's perfect. It's HD. They put together like these two or three minute videos all the time after like everybody's round. Right. It's unbelievable how good they are at this. But you're right, man. Like it almost feels impossible for there to not be an awesome finish with five different storylines going on. Um, and, and we talked about it on the podcast that went out today, but like there's almost no imaginable situation where Rory McIlroy isn't in one of the final two groups, yeah, which right, right there right. automatically right. becomes. Yeah, Rory chasing the, yeah, chasing the Grand Slam and w- trying to win the Masters for the first time, and yeah, that's. I mean, I, I mean, I think if you asked, you know, most people what the best storyline is, it would be Tiger and a Runaway. It's just the way it is. But Rory is like a strong. If you can have Rory in the mix on Sunday, fucking home run. Yeah, and I think you know the new crop. Like he's got the biggest star power by yeah, far. Yeah, he's think, he's uh, also kind of flawed and he's sort of emotional. Like he's not. You know, we talked about cookie cutter, boring guys before. Like, which is what I also like about Spieth, is like, and reading the way, like, he, they, these guys do wear their emotions on their sleeve. That's what I don't like about Dustin Johnson and Kepka. I mean, these guys are like, those guys are like robots. They're machines. They're fucking great. But like Dustin Johnson, for me, I can't get behind him. There's no, there's no emotion to him. I don't get, you know, you know, when we grew up, there were guys like Ballesteros and Floyd and Watson and guys who, you know, they had some fucking charisma. Dustin Johnson and Kepka feel like they rolled out of a fucking factory. Dude, no average sports fan is flicking through, stopping at CBS and being like, oh, Brooks Kepka's no, the master. Yeah, you're just not right. watch this. Right. No, it's <laughs> Tiger, know? it's McElroy, Spieth, I think, Mickelson for sure. You know, there's, 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 and like you said, so of the 10 or 12 guys we talked about, two, every year at Augusta, the leaderboard, there's going to be two or three of those guys. Now, I mean, if it was McElroy and Tiger like it was a few weeks ago, that'd be a fucking dream scenario. But you're right, McElroy. I pick Rose just because everyone's picking Rory, but if I, you have a gun to my head, if I had to pick a guy for my life online, I'd probably have to pick McElroy, I guess. I think you have to. And I just, again, like, he hits the ball so consistently that, like, and he's going to be able to reach. I mean, they've got four par fives where he's going to be able to reach pretty much all of them every single time. So right there, he's basically going into the weekend or going into Sunday at, like, 8 to 10 under par almost no matter what. <laughs> it's like... You almost can't even imagine a situation where that guy's not in the mix and he's got the star power. You know, he's got the glow up thing going on where he used to be like this dumpy, like ridiculous looking, you know, Northern Irish kid. Right. Now all of a sudden he signs with Nike and he's like this jack dude yeah. who's the biggest star in the game. He would be the sixth player in the history of golf to do the career grand slam, which is an awesome storyline. So, look, Tiger's always going to be the number one story until the guy can't even walk anymore, which might be way sooner than any of us hope. True. Uh, but outside of that, I think Rory being in the mix, trying to get that grand slam, he's been in the mix so many times. He had that collapse in whatever that was, 2011, yep. where he's like hanging his head on his driver on the tee, right. made triple on 10. 10 yeah. so for him to overcome all that, uh, it, it would be, you got to think that would be the biggest storyline outside of Tiger. All right, Rick. So tell me what. Tell everyone when the uh, where you can get the podcast when it's up. All that stuff. 
Yeah, so we do a new show um, mm-hmm. every Tuesday, every Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. We're on you know every platform where podcasts live. It's foreplay. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, we interview a ton of different guys, a ton of different golfers. We've done, like I said, JT this year, Bubba this year. Just at the end of last year, we had Bryson DeChambeau on. We usually try to do like 30 to 60 minutes with these guys. Um, and then whenever those guys aren't on, we just shoot the shit. We try to make people laugh. We do a lot of call-in shows now where we get guys that tell stories from, you know, working maintenance at a golf course to being caddies and all kinds of good stuff. So if you like golf, you like to laugh and not take shit too seriously, you'll probably like foreplay. Who's the uh, biggest asshole you've dealt with so far? Oh, man. Biggest asshole. We really, to be honest with you, we really haven't had many. I would say different people's agents. It's always the agents are the biggest assholes to deal with. Okay. All right. And so, I don't want to, you know, I'm not right. going to be a, I can't, I can't compromise my source. I understand. No, I would never ask you to do that ever. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. All right. Well, Riggs, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you down the line. Hey, man. Enjoy Augusta. I'm <laughs> All jealous. Right. All right. I'll check in. Thanks again. See you, pal. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.